After Chuck Olson, our navigator, joined our crew, we were at last crewed up. Ten proud B-17 combat-to-be crewmen. We were ready and eager to complete our training and get into the fight before the war was over. Following graduation from flight school, we planned a real celebration, a crew banquet, a banquet with all the goodies we could afford. Actually, we planned more than one. We planned two. The first, we were to hold before we left on our journey to England and the skies over Germany. The second was to be on our return. How naive we were. That first get-together was one of the last weekends we were in the States. We made the trip together from our air base to nearby Memphis, Tennessee. We picked up our current dates and then regrouped at the rooftop restaurant of the Hotel Peabody. It was a beautiful summer night, and our banquet table was outside, directly beneath the brightest of stars. The beauty of the night, the soft lights, the music of the orchestra, the happiness of the people around us made us both sentimental and hilarious with joy and pride. As I sat at the table and glanced at those faces around me, everyone so strong and full of character, I couldn't keep a lump from rising in my throat. These were the airmen who were entrusted to me, and I prayed to God that I would be worthy of being their skipper. The crew always called me Skipper, the name almost every pilot is sure to be given by his crew. But, unconsciously, I would square my shoulders and hold my head a bit higher whenever I was so greeted. I was proud of these guys, and proud to be their leader. Sitting at the far end of the table was my co-pilot, Dick Fuller. I relied on Dick, and the mutual trust we built up between us developed into a close friendship. The two remaining officers in the crew were Bill Leader, my bombardier, and Chuck, my navigator, all four of us budding second lieutenants. The rest of the guys were the finest I could ever hope to have fly with me. The six of them, from Pappy Durr, the oldest, he was all of 26, to Lowell Strain, the youngest, just 19, were hardworking, devil-may-care types. And I may have been biased, but I would have matched them with any crew at our operational training base. When we had finished stuffing ourselves, Lowell Bishop, the second youngest of the lot, scrambled awkwardly to his feet. His face was flushed with comradeship and happiness as he lifted his glass high over his head. A toast, he cried, running his free hand through his tousled dark hair. A toast to Skipper. May he fly us high. How corny can anyone get? But the boys rose to their feet and drank the toast while I, with an awkward grin on my face, tried to conceal my embarrassment and the lump in my throat. Then they went the rounds, toasting each other. Laughingly, jokingly, they managed to credit each his due with surprising exactness. At last came my turn. I felt that something more was expected of me, and my thoughts ran wild, seeking fitting words. Slowly, rising to my feet, my mind still a perfect blank, I reached for my glass. Here's to... I paused, grasping for the correct words. I had never made a serious toast or a speech before. Gosh, I was only 22 years old. Then out it came. Here's to all of you. 
and I motioned to them with my glass. All of you who make this crew of ours what it is, the best damned crew in the Air Corps, may you and I together, may we, take our ship into combat. May we do our best, and may we return victorious. I thank you, from the bottom of my heart, for your trust in me. I'll do my best to be worthy of it. From Dick in his seat beside me, to you, Bish, way back in the tail, no pilot was ever given a better gang. Together, I'm sure we will face danger. And by God, together we will return. Drink to this, all of you, I charged. Drink to our crew. I put my glass to my lips, and they rose and followed suit.